What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I am joined by the two Jays, Joey Carrion and Jared Marcus. Gentlemen, on today's show, we are going to be breaking down what I think is the most difficult slate we've seen on the NFL season up to this point. It's without question, as of Thursday night, the most value-deprived slate that we've seen up to this point. So as we always do, we are going to go position by position, discuss all of the best plays, attempt to find some value on this slate, and then we will close out the show with a couple of deep GPP sleepers, and then we will uh, you know, go over our best sports bets of the week. But before we do any of that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they could support the podcast? You can support the podcast by following us on Twitter at the Dose. That's where all of our content is posted to and all that good stuff. So go ahead on Twitter at the DFS Dose. And then to actually listen to the podcast, which you're probably listening to right now, is either on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud at the DFS Dose. Um, same handle across all listening platforms. So go ahead. You know, you can subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, uh, leave a comment, like, share, uh, rate, all that good stuff. So that's the best way to support us. Absolutely. And, you know, I gave my uh, sort of general slate overview. I think it's, uh, you know, we're going to be scrounging for value, you know, at every position almost. Um, You know, do you guys have any general slate, uh, you know, opinions you want to give before we get into this positional breakdown? Don't play Tyler Boyd. (laughs) That's always a good strategy to not lose money on a weekly basis. Bitch, dude, like... About to be that squeaky wheel narrative coming up. Yeah, but just for this week, um, I know I uh, talked about on Twitter a little bit, but just, you know, you just want to keep your process, you know, have a good process, research, uh, digest the slate as, you know, the days go on and, you know, try and just make a good lineup. It's all about your process this week. If you have a if you have a better process than other people, um, you should be able to make a lot of money this week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't just play the chalk this week, especially at wide receiver. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, let's uh, let's start off with quarterback here. Um, you know, last week we had a major debate here. You know, whether it was pay up or pay down. Now there's not really a major pay up option. We have no quarterbacks above 7k but right at the top we have a couple of guys i think are pretty interesting in russell wilson and matt ryan wilson 6.8k ryan 6.7k now they might be a little bit out of reach this week due to the lack of value but you know if we can get up there do you guys have a preference between the two uh you know as far as these two high-priced quarterbacks matty ice in the georgia dome Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um matt ryan 6700 i like that i like that Against like the worst pass defense in the league, they're horrible. Like they're very bad, and no one's going to be able to guard Julio. No one's going to be able to. It's going to be, it's going to be a massacre, honestly. Well, I mean, it probably won't be a massacre because Atlanta can't guard anybody either. Well, actually, who knows? Honestly, who actually knows? Because apparently they have an elite defense. One yeah. Kyle Allen sucks. <laughs> One of them. It's probably both. It no, could, it could be both. I mean, Actually, well, Kyle Allen Kyle definitely Allen sucks. Suck. Yeah, that's he not a question That is true. Shout out to Kyle Allen. But also, Falcons defense is elite now. Yeah, dude. They shut down. I mean, the Panthers aren't a high-powered offense by any means, other than McCaffrey. McCaffrey like, still got his. 
Yeah, but like they shut down the Saints the week before to nine points also. And it's not out so of the like, realm of possibility that they would, uh, you know, shut down the mighty Jameis, famous Jameis. Meltdown is in play every single week with him. Are you kidding me? He's no. A shootout is also in play this week too. Yeah, this. If you're not a believer, this game could literally be like thirty-one to thirteen Atlanta, or it's gonna be like sixty-five to fifty-nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I but think this Atlanta's week we're really going to find stopped. out about the Falcons' D. This week we'll, we'll finally yeah. find out. But, you know, like, I mean, to the point you made, for real. <laughs> I, I tend to agree. I don't think they're for real. Um, you know, and to the point that you made about Ryan, you know, the Bucks have allowed 27 points or more to be scored against them in 9 out of 10 games this season. So, you know, rightfully so, the Falcons have a high uh, implied team total. It's over 27 points. So, you know, it stands to reason, especially with them being a run funnel, um, you know, they'll they'll stop Brian Hill. So I do think Matt Ryan is a great play. I do. I mean, I like Russell Wilson too, though. You know, I mean, he's averaging the most fantasy points per game out of any QB on this slate. I know some people are starting to think the Eagles are an improving defense, but, you know, I'm not giving them credit for stopping, you know, Josh Allen and Mitchell Trubisky and a really struggling Tom Brady over the last three weeks. You know, we've got Wilson with Lockett healthy, Metcalf, Gordon getting more comfortable in this lineup. You know, I think it's an honest to God smash spot for Russ, you know. Obviously, it would be ideal if the Hawks would let Russ air it out, but they're still going to give Carson his touches. So I guess it's just a matter of the workload, you know, the attempts that Wilson gets. But, you know, I think he's got a really high ceiling, but, you know, his his points come in spurts. You know, he's going to get you 15, 17 one week, and then he's going to get you 40 the next. So maybe less of a cash play and more of a GPP option with Wilson. My thing is with, with Russ, I mean, I personally do think the Eagles' defense is improving. Mm-hmm. Um, Lockett is still banged up, and I don't think he's 100. Actually, I know he's not 100%, so that kind of hurts Russ. So I think they're going to lead on Chris Carson a little bit extra this week. And um, Matt Ryan just has a higher higher ceiling. Like, they're both fine cash plays because Russ is insanely consistent. It's just, you, if you can't decide, just take the, high, the higher ceiling in a word, in a against the worst defense, in my opinion. That's how I'm deciding between Russ and Matt Ryan. That's fair, Jerry. What do you think about these two? I mean, I think Matt Ryan for this week is a better play than Russell Wilson just for everything that's been said. Matt Ryan, uh, in my opinion, also has a higher ceiling this week than Russell Wilson, you know, at home against a defense that is, you know, given up by far the most passing yards uh, on the season per on a per game basis so i think matt ryan is the best option out of those two um but other than that at the top of the quarterback pool there's not really many guys that i'm interested in and i think this is a pay down week personally um i think we got to try and save salary at you know places wherever we can and i think quarterback is a good place to save salary this week guys that are under 6k specifically uh i like baker mayfield a lot this week at home versus miami Mm -hmm. i think he's in play um he's one of my favorite quarterback options yeah he's absolutely in play you know he uh you know their their point total continues to rise they're all the way up to 28.25 for the browns second highest on the week right behind the saints and you know look you know mayfield has been averaging you know just over 17 dk points 
over his last four games. But, you know, when you look a little bit deeper, you know, obviously 17 points, you know, not ideal. But he's faced the Steelers. He's faced the Bills. He faced Denver on the road. And he faced New England on the road. You know, that's an insanely difficult stretch of opposing defenses for a four-week span. And now he gets to come home and face just an absolute cupcake in the Dolphins defense that let Josh Allen post the top quarterback score of the week last week. You know, if What's Mayfield's ever going to hit What's his ceiling, it's that? this week. Hmm? What's the problem with that? What problem? You sounded surprised that Josh Allen put the highest score. Uh, I mean, Josh no, Allen is a scrub. I'm not, no, I'm not surprised. Whoa, I'm more whoa, so whoa, just whoa, stating whoa. That, that Mayfield has a chance. You know, whoa, Allen whoa. didn't hit his ceiling really in some great matchups uh, up to that point, including a matchup with the Dolphins prior. But, um, you know, Mayfield in this spot, I mean... I mean, what is there to say? He's second highest implied team total. They should smash in this spot. But, again, something has been off with this Browns offense all year. Yeah, it's been Baker Mayfield, but he's been fine the last couple weeks. Honestly, like you said, he's played three kind of toughish defense. I mean, the only defense I think that's actually good is the Bills out of those three. You don't think uh, the, the Patriots two... have a good defense? I said three, like as in the last three weeks. Oh, gotcha. Um... The the Steelers have an improving defense, but like they're not that great. But anyways, he still hit seventeen, seventeen, twenty one. So if I get seventeen out of him at five point nine, that's yeah. just under three X. Like I'm still cool with that. Yeah, I think I think he goes for twenty five plus. Yeah, right. that was the next thing I was gonna say. So they let Josh Allen hit thirty three, Miami. Right? Is that is that right? Yeah, thirty three. Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield are like at this point they're they're pretty much the same, except Josh Allen just has a higher like rushing floor. Baker Mayfield can't throw; he's not accurate. I'm not saying they're this like talent wise. Like Baker Mayfield is better than Josh Allen. I'll say that. But right now they're playing the same. Baker Mayfield can't throw. Josh Allen is Josh Allen just can't throw. He could he could throw it seventy yards, but he's not accurate. Um, I think Baker Mayfield hits thirty. Honestly, I think he's just gonna go nuts. He's gonna have a field day against these bums in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. They're on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami is just a bunch of bums. But they everyone play on hard. that team, they, they have play. no no good players left. Yeah, they don't they don't have good players, but they're coached well and they play hard. They should uh, be able to give the Browns, you know, some fight, yeah, which will be good for Baker. Like thirty one, you know, <laughs> instead of thirty four. You know, in this mid range, uh, right around Mayfield, and you know, I think Mayfield is definitely my cash game lean. I think he's probably the you know, the strongest cash game play on the board, you know, but for GPPs in that same range, I like Derek Carr and, you know, Derek Carr is also not an elite quarterback, not by any stretch, but this Jets defense is a pure pass funnel. And I think that it might force Oakland to get away from hammering Jacobs and just sort of let Carr just air it out. And, you know, this, this Jets defense has allowed players like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Gardner Minshew and Daniel Jones, all the finishes top six quarterbacks on the week and three out of the last four they've played. So, you know, if, if they can do it, I think Derek Carr can do it. And he's got stackable options, be it Renfro, be it Waller, be it, you know, Tyrell Williams. So for GPPs, I, I don't mind Carr. Are there any other GPP options you guys like out there? Um, 
for GPP, I think Winston is in play. I know we touched on him a little mm-hmm. bit. Definitely. Game definitely has shootout potential, especially if you're not a believer in the Atlanta defense. You know, I don't know the saying with the you know the one time and the two times, but uh, fool me once. I get yeah, you, I something get like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, wait. <laughs> you you don't know that saying? Nah. How old are we, bro? <laughs> Um, you tell me you old. ever heard that once or twice over your life? I just can't remember how it goes, you know. I, w- I would say it right now, but then Joey would okay boomer me, so I'm just going to let it go. I Yo, mean, personally, I don't even really care about this. So you don't know, bruh. Wow. I can't remember. J. Cole man. said it best. Mm. <sighs> I don't want to find Jake. Either way, um, I think Carson Wentz is in play as well for 5.6k, but... Yeah. He hasn't thrown more than one touchdown pass since week six, which is kind of pathetic. Um, granted, his receivers have been hurt, but I think this is a solid matchup for him at home against the Seahawks, who kind of still get that name value uh, when people talk about him when they're not uh, as good as they once were on defense. And then we were talking about talking about him pre-pod, but Jeff, Jeff Driscoll, I think he's in play. Yeah. Five point five against the Redskins. I mean, I wouldn't, but I, I get I get where we're coming from. Like, I would rather play Wentz in that spot. I think that eventually we have to consider talent. Like, usually opportunity means a lot more to me. But for a hundred more, like, give me Wentz over Driscoll. But I mean, I get the reasons you like him. Washington is terrible. He's got a decent rushing floor. You know, in his two starts, thirty-seven rushing yards, fifty-one rushing yards. He's got stackable options and guys like Galladay and Jones. So you're like, yeah, it's possible, but. No thanks. I mean, Jeff Driscoll might be as talented as Carson Wentz. Yeah, okay. What is this, Nelson Aguilar's burner account? <laughs> Yo, shout out to Nelson. Yeah. For sure. the good content. I know. I, I appreciated appreciate that on, on a Thursday morning. I definitely needed that. Um, is there anybody else, or are we kind of good to move on to running back here? I'm good. Dwayne Haskins for the win. Mm. Mm. I like it. I like it. Um, Dwayne Haskins is trash. Dwayne Haskins running back with Scary Terry and uh, whoever that other bum is he decided 28 times last week. Kelvin Harmon. Is that his name? It is. 3,300. He had six targets last week. Nice. Not the worst uh, wide receiver at 3,300, but I'm looking over at running back here. You know, Look, Christian McCaffrey, he's 10.5K for the third straight week. And I think for maybe the first time this season, he might be a solid cash game fade. Do you guys have any, uh, you know, disagreement with that? Because, you know, in in these past few weeks, there's been viable, uh, you know, value to get up to 10.5K. You know, people have talked themselves into playing other running backs over Christian McCaffrey. You know, he's been around 40% owned in double-ups, and I thought that that's just, you know, madness that, you know, over 50% of the field wasn't finding a way to get up to McCaffrey in, in the last two weeks especially. Um, but, you know, this week I really do think that there's some significantly good options below McCaffrey that, that really might put him out of play in cash games. You guys uh, agree or disagree with that sentiment? I definitely agree. Like like you mentioned, pretty dumb for people to fade him the last and 
to him. But I think this week, just with the price and the lack of value, and, I mean, he is matchup. So, I mean, I don't really consider the Saints. Like, the Saints are a hard matchup for him, but he's matchup-proof, like I just said. So, I don't really count that. But, all in all, I think he is a cash game fade, especially when you Mara at home in that in that same game for what twenty three hundred less. Um, I think Camara is the right play. Who I personally believe is just as talented as Christian McCaffrey. Um, I mean, almost, but I feel that uh, I w- will easily fade, fade McCaffrey because there's two defenses I do not target in. Saints and it is the it's the Saints run run defense and the 49ers defense as a whole. Yeah. Um even though McCaffrey, I mean, what did he have last week? 24 catches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I 11, 14 11 catches. Yeah. yeah, it's nuts. Um so I mean he's going to get like just just realize he's going to get his twenty. Yeah. His floor is two X, even at ten five. Agreed. And his ceiling is probably at this price, probably three and a half X. Maybe just three X in this matchup. So I don't see I mean, GPP he's fine because he's like he has probably the highest ceiling on the slate just because of the volume. Probably next to probably next to Michael Thomas. Um, but, like, I just don't think it's, like Joey said, Kamara's right, like, Kamara's 2,300 less. Yeah, and And regardless of what you think about the talent, you know, gap between them, as small or large as that may be, I mean, definitely probably small, but, you know, it's not that that's the different, like, differentiating factor between them, it's that Latavius Murray played 40% of snaps last week, and nobody is taking snaps away from Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, you look at it, and CMC is facing the Saints defense, and like Jared said, you know, they're averaging, you know, under four yards per carry allowed to running backs. They've only allowed five touchdowns to running backs over the last 10 games. Meanwhile, Carolina has allowed 18 touchdowns to opposing running backs. So it's just so... So different when you look at the matchups. You know, the Saints are at home, highest implied team total on the slate. And, um, you know, Kamara, as great as he is and, you know, as secure as his workload has been, you know, at least 10 targets in two straight games, um, you know, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week three. You know, and that was a game where he scored two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. You know, we're definitely talking about a player who is a prime candidate for touchdown regression. I think that, you know, if there's any week to really hop back on the Camara train, it's this week. Uh, you know, it's a week that we need value. And, you know, you may not think value in terms of an 8.2K player, but when it's compared to the guy who's been, a, a you know, an automatic lock button at 10.5 for the last, you know, two weeks, um, you know, that is value. Um, so I'm definitely all in with that play, Camara. Yeah, this, yeah. The, the positive touchdown regression is coming. And... He only has, out of all his targets this year, he only has eight that have not been caught. So out of 10, 20, 28, 35, 38, 48, 51, 59, he's caught 51 of 59 passes thrown to him. Like, that's nuts. So he's getting high volume, like, high high percentage, whatever whatever it is. High he's efficiency. getting like, 
high efficient targets, yeah. Yeah. So like even if he gets say he gets take his average of the last four weeks, so he gets eight and a half, so let's just say nine. Gets nine targets. He's probably gonna catch eight of them, five yards each. Your his floor is twelve points right there without even running the ball once. You know? So like if he catches a touch if he gets a touchdown, that's nineteen points without running the ball once. And then you have his rushing floor, which is probably about you could say six, five, six. So we're looking at twenty five points, which is three X. Like I'm I'm cool with that. I I know you guys are cool with that. I'm okay, chilling with that. <laughs> I'm chilling with that for sure. I, mean, I think Camaro's the top play. It really comes into what are we looking at, you know, besides Camaro. I think that Camaro will end up being chalky uh, if he's not already projected to be chalky. He, he he'll certainly end up that way. But you know, for the 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 other running backs, who do we like? You know, Nick Chubb, eight point one k. We got uh, you know Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott both under eight k. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, in both regards, where is your lean with these other high price running backs? Fournette's probably my second favorite, but I've been talking a lot. I'll let Joey talk. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Chubb is my favorite running back play besides Kamara, just um, you know, home favorite running back going up against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Uh, volume is king. You know, he's seen 20-plus touches in every single game so far this season. And even with Kareem Hunt playing, you know, 45% of the snaps, he's still seeing a great workload. Um, 23.5 carries per game in the two yeah, games that saw t- been. Saw 27 rush last dealer. And just a knock on him is he hasn't been scoring touchdowns. Um, he hasn't scored in over a uh, which obviously hurts in fantasy because his receiving floor is pretty non-existent with Kareem Hunt there. Basically, assuming the passing or the pass catching running back for the Cleveland offense, but I think this is just an all around smash spot for the Browns. You know, against Miami is a spot that we've been targeting all season for cash and GPP. Um, so I think Chubb is by far the second best option on this slate at 8.1K, and I think it's you know it's kind of hard to fit him and Kamara in, and I don't think a lot of people are going to do it, but uh, you might you might be able to uh, get some leverage by playing both of them instead of uh, going to uh, guys like Derrick Henry or Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I think we see, like on Roto-Grinders, we see Le'Veon Bell as chalk right now. And I honestly think that, like, first of all, they've been playing bad teams. And second of all, everyone wants to jam McCaffrey in a negative matchup. So I would rather play Kamara and Chubb for less salary than Calf and Bell, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense, you know. And he's due for positive touchdown aggression, just like Kamara. Like, major. Like, when's the last time he scored a touchdown? Over a month ago. Against Seattle week six, he had two. So, yeah, major touchdown aggression is coming. I'll give a slight I'll give a slight argument against Chubb, you know. I mean, for one one hand, I just want to say that I agree with everything you guys said. Like I don't think he's a bad play, but just, you know, to play devil's advocate, you know, since Hunt has come back, he's completely taken over as the receiving back, 13 receptions compared to Nick Chubb's two. And 
while I have a lot of faith that Alvin Kamara can be schemed to get his positive touchdown regression in the Saints offense, I have very little faith that Freddie Kitchens has any idea what the hell he's doing when he gets in the red zone. And and to that point, like, look, you know, Cleveland's been Cleveland everybody on Cleveland, but Chubb as well has been priced up because of this matchup. So it's almost like the leverage of getting back on the Nick Chubb wagon is almost gone because, you know, eight point one K for him to hit value, we need him to score you know what about 24 points and he's done that only twice this season so it's almost like we're counting on and we need those touchdowns where with guys like Kamara he can get there in other ways you know my biggest my biggest argument against Chubb is really nothing to do with him but it's the fact that Saquon Barkley is 7.9k and I think that he hasn't been talked about at least from what I've heard so far this week and I think Barkley just in an absolute smash spot he was clearly a little bit banged up in that Jets game before the bye Following the bye, you know, he was full practice Wednesday. I haven't seen the Thursday report, but I mean, if he was full Wednesday, he's probably full Thursday. And this Bears defense, you know, people still think of it as, you know, the elite defense we saw last year, but they've been vulnerable, especially to dual threat uh, running backs. You know, they've allowed 130 yards per game from scrimmage to running backs. They've allowed the second most receptions per game to opposing backs, and they've allowed over a full touchdown per game to running backs. You know, I think Barkley might be the most underhyped best play on the board no game under five targets this season um just in terms of cash game i think that receiving floor is is a little bit higher than chubb like we don't need him to score a touchdown or two to hit value the same way that we do for chubb i agree i mean yeah barkley's fine um i think i'd i mean that's tough yeah, so I don't mind uh, Saquon Barkley this week. Uh, when you're getting a player of Saquon's uh, talent at 7.9K on this slate, you know, he's going to get all the running back touches for the Giants. In a plus matchup like uh, Ben outlined, I think he's a solid play this week, um, especially if you don't want to play Chubb. I, th- I think he's a good option to go to in cash games. For sure, Joey. Do you want to give your, uh, you know, Patriots bias take about Zeke Elliott being priced all the way down from seven point five k? You know, surprisingly, priced down fifteen hundred from where he was last week. I mean, I know that you know, obviously, Detroit versus New England are very different matchups, but I mean, some people think that you know the running back is the way to attack this New England defense. I mean, it definitely is. Um, I, I know I mentioned it. Uh, last week when we were talking about Miles Sanders a little bit um the way to the way to beat the Patriots defense is to run the ball and you know win the line win the trenches you know win in the trenches um and the Dallas offensive line is really uh better than the Patriots defensive line so I, th- I think Zeke is a solid GBP play um I wouldn't really consider him a cash play this week at 7.5 even though that is a really uh, cheap price tag for one of the best running backs in the NFL. I totally agree with that. But, you know, as much as the Patriots have been giving up, uh, you know, yardage, um, they've only given up one touchdown to running back all year. And, you know, Zeke is, you know, he's got two receptions or less in each of his last three games. So I think, you know, just when you're comparing him to these other guys, like Jared said, I'd rather have Fournette, whose receiving work is super solid. I'd rather have Barkley. You know, I'd rather have pretty much all these guys than Zeke in a cash format. And, you know, with the way the Patriots stop touchdowns, um, you know, probably in GPPs, I think those ceilings are higher too. Um, so let's move on from these higher price guys and talk sort of the mid-range. Leonard Fournette. 
you know, Jalen Samuels maybe. Um, I think Derrick Henry is going to be really popular this week, and I think he's my favorite of the bunch. But who do you guys like out of this sort of mid-range running back uh, group? Um, I like Fournette. I like Derrick Henry. I hate Um, James White is always, if you want to go there, he's always, like, fine the 2X, but, like, that's fine, I guess. But, um, I mean, Carson's fine. Like I said, I think they're going to with, um, Lockett banged up, but that's GPP only. Jalen Samuels, GPP only. I think he has a pretty decently high ceiling because since he's just so bad against a run. Yeah. Um, if I, for cash, I'd probably only play Fournette or Derrick Henry. I'm fine if Le'Veon Bell is 99% owned. I'm not I'm not playing him. <laughs> I agree with that, Joey. Are you on love at all? I mean, honestly, I don't know if I'm – you know, considering him in my cash pool. I mean, I think he's in – okay, I lied. I think he's in consideration. But, you know, it's just because he's cheaper than all of the top guys. Obviously, 6400 And he's seeing just the same – basically the same workload as some of the guys priced up. You know, he's seeing 20-plus touches every single week. Um, but the Jets are a bad offense, obviously. Have a bad O-line. They can't really block for him. Um in terms of fantasy, he's been, you know, he's been solid this season, but he's he hasn't really shown the player, you know, that he is the player that he once was, especially in terms of fantasy. So, uh, I, I don't, I'm on the fence about Lev this week. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd, ra- I'd rather play Henry for 500 more. I think we're all right. on Derrick Henry this week at home against the Jags. I think he's a great play this week. Um, and I don't mind those guys above him too, like Jalen Samuels and Leonard Fournette. I think, I think those are good plays as well. Totally agree with that. You know, I, I love Henry this week. You know, he reminds me exactly of last week with Josh Jacobs, where we're playing a guy in a plus matchup who doesn't really have much of a receiving floor. You know, Henry, like Jacobs, has sort of been having, you know, the, you know, three receptions, two receptions, kind of in that really low uh, you know, target and reception range. But even so, I mean, it's a good matchup. Jags are allowing well over five yards per carry. I mean, damn, they almost gave up 300 yards on the ground and three touchdowns to the Colts a week ago. And that was after losing Marlon Mack halfway through the game. So, I mean, you know, Derrick Henry is, you know, no joke in a great spot. And, you know, he has big runability. He's got a ton of touchdown equity in this offense. And, you know, it's the way that the Titans were able to take it to KC. It was by keeping it on the ground with Derrick Henry. I think they're going to try and do that uh, and to keep in contention for the playoffs this season. Uh, You know, Henry's clearly, you know, the engine of that offense. Um, And to Jared's point, James White, look, you know, Tom Brady uh, has a league low yards per attempt when facing pressure. And Dallas generates the highest pressure rate this season. Uh, so, I mean, everything sets up for a ton of dump-offs in an offense that pretty much functions off of dump-offs as it is. I think James White is a smash play this week uh, at 5.3K. I don't know if I would go there in cash just because, you know, I think that if you can fit it, Kamara, Barkley, and Henry is the three you want to get in there. But, you know, I don't mind going to White. I don't mind going to Kareem Hunt as well. Similar role. And for all the reasons we like Nick Chubb, that applies to Hunt as well. But, um 
you know, I, I just, I don't know. I'd rather get that three down, uh, you know, back than these guys who are sharing time. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, if we're talking about some of these cheaper running backs, I'd, or Miles Sanders is my favorite play. Personally, I think he's, I think I'm going to go there, especially if Jordan Howard misses. Um, he was on the field for basically every offensive snap last week against New England. Only saw 13 touches, though. So, but uh, like I was talking about uh, before the pod, I think that's at the you know the small end of his range. I think I think he's a candidate for 20 plus touches at home against the Seahawks. Um, Pass game work too. Uh, we'll see basically every running back touch. I think he's a great play this week at 5K, and I'd rather go there. In cash games and you know guys like james white cream hot um etc yeah i feel that does does that change for you though if howard plays yeah if, if howard plays i'm probably not gonna play him i'm gonna be right. honest mm-hmm. um he yeah he won't be in my lineup if howard plays but howard hasn't even you know been or he's been practicing but he's been limited and he hasn't been cleared for contact yet so that's you know an encouraging sign for sanders uh, this week. Yeah. Got any I, GPP flyers you want to throw out there? Darius Geis. Hmm. Especially if AP misses. He's just going to have to contend with Chris Thompson, who can't carry more than he can't carry the ball. So, like, I'm not worried about him. That's true. You know, Geis had a, he had a pretty decent game, right? Receiving well, touchdown, I, mean, I know he had. Yeah, it was like a 70 or 45 yard touchdown. Yeah. I mean, if AP missed, Geis would be in cash consideration. Yeah, that's that's fair, dude. I wasn't even – I don't know how I totally missed that. That's a good point. Only 4.7K? I think he's going to – I think AP is going to suit up and play, though, unfortunately. But Yeah, it's looking like never they know. expect him to practice on Friday, so we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Make sure, as Joey said, you follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. You know, we'll keep you updated on that. Um other than that, you know, I've heard people talk about Brian Hill, Ronald Jones. You know, I'm not no, really thank going you. to Move on. of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I'm never going to play him again for what he said on Twitter. He's a fucking bum. It does, yeah, that's straight disrespectful. Only other GPP option I want to throw out there before we move on is, uh, you know, Philip Lindsay, who set a season high in snap percentage, routes run, definitely overtook uh, Royce Freeman as the lead. You know, I mean, he was already kind of the lead back, but, you know, Broncos were talking about it in the media saying they wanted to reestablish Lindsey as that guy, and it played out that way. Now he faces, you know, a Bills team that really their weakness on defense is stopping the run, and on the road with Brandon Allen at quarterback, they're going to have to lean on a guy like Lindsey. I like him for GPPs, not for cash. I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind Philip Lindsey. Um, probably won't go there personally, but don't mind him. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on to wide receiver. Do one of you guys want to talk about the stone chalk of the week here with uh, Julio Jones, and then I can tell you why it's bad chalk? Nah, I'm with it. Nah, I'm playing Julio. You gotta, you gotta find a way to jam Julio in this week at 8K in the best possible matchup on the board. Um, I think, that, you know, I think, I think he goes off. I think this is the week. Think he scores five touchdowns. <laughs> That's reasonable. I was thinking like seven, but right, yeah, right, right. Some, some in that range. He might break every NFL receiving record this week. That is, that is true. He might. 
do you guys give any credence to the fact that like every time it's supposed to be Julio Jones week, it never is. And then, you know, when it's just obscure, when he goes off for those monster games, or is that just like bullshit chance, you know? I mean, I was thinking it was going to be Julio Jones week last week and Calvin. So now I'm going to think it's Calvin Ridley week. So now Julio can go off. You just got to trick it. You just got to trick yourself and it'll happen. You know, I'm not really into all that. They, you know, they say, they say play T.Y. Hillen against the Texans and we see what happens. Um, oh my God. Today. Get over it. Damn, Joey, but, that, that, uh, that over is not hitting on the yardage, is it? Yeah, but <laughs> Julio Jones, best play on the board. I don't take, you know, that stuff into consideration. Right, right. If it's Julio Jones week, then it's not his week. That's just people, uh, being salty that it, that he didn't work out when they played him. That's fast. Um, <clears throat> I, I think I think his uh, floor is twenty five points. Let me let me toss this at, <laughs> at you. How about for seven hundred dollars cheaper, you play nah. a guy who over the last four weeks has had uh, four more targets, six more receptions, and uh, what is it? A good hundred and fourteen more yards and three more touchdowns than Julio Jones in a pretty damn good match. Him- himself in the same exact game and that is of course Mike Evans the number two fantasy wide receiver on the season behind Michael Thomas now uh look Michael Thomas or I'm sorry uh, Julio Jones obviously a great play but I just don't see the reason to find that 700 to get away from Mike Evans who you know is just on a tear himself I mean I like Mike Evans this week I'm not gonna lie I do it's fine um but I think Julio Jones is just a better play. All right, can't disagree with know. that. I mean, you can. I mean, I if you're not gonna if you're not gonna play Julio Jones, then you're just an idiot and you want to lose all your money. You know, right? You know, right. I, I like that. You could scoop my head to heads in the lobby. I know you've been scooping. I do them every single week, bro. <laughs> um you know all jokes aside though i don't think that it's julio jones versus mike evans i don't think that's the question i think it's julio jones versus uh you know nick chubb or or saquon barkley because the chances of you being able to pay you know for a second rb2 in that range uh you know behind camaro of course is going to be really difficult i think to also jam julio in unless of course you're willing to make that sacrifice and play miles sanders or play james white or play kareem hunt and cash like I just don't see it unless, of course, some salary opens in between now, late Thursday night and Sunday. I think that you're going to have to prioritize, you know, one of those running backs versus one of these high-end wide receivers. And for me, I'm always going running back volume in that spot. That's just the way I think that uh, you have to play cash games. But that's just my opinion. And, you know, feel free to disagree. I think a lot of people will this week. I mean, I'll... if Sander, if Howard doesn't play and Sanders is there at 5K... Um, and he's projected to, you know, to see 15 to 20 touches. I think it's feasible to pay for Sanders and then you could get up to Julio. I think that is solid process in, in my book, but, um, maybe that's just me. I don't know. And then you could play, uh, Kamara and Barkley or Kamara and Chubb, That's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's talk about another wide receiver who's going to be chalky as hell. Um, you know, how about OBJ here? 7K. I, I like Odell this week a lot. Um, I, this is definitely a get-right spot for the entire Browns offense. Um, 
I, I think he's just a candidate to uh, break the slate, honestly. He, he's yeah. seeing increased targets, you know, 22 targets over the last two games. Baker is making it a point to at least try and get him the ball. You know, it's not really working out too well. He's only, he's a, he's only had nine catches out of his 22 targets. Yeah. Um, Ten points in each game. But this is definitely a great spot for Odell. And he should be one of the, you know, the higher-owned wide receivers on the slate. But it is kind of hard to get to him, especially if you're playing Julio. Maybe if you want to fade Julio and go Odell, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that if you did that. Especially if you play Baker, it's fine. Yeah, agreed. I, it's hard to get there. You know, he's had under 14 DK points, and or I'm sorry, he's had over 14 DK points just once in the last eight matchups. And you know, same thing I said with Chubb. It's like. DK is pricing the leverage away. You know, he's the highest priced he's been since week five on DraftKings. So it's like you're paying to be ahead of the curve, and it's like he's already chalked. So really, what's the leverage? You know, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to get there. I think that some of the best plays on the board at wide receiver are these guys you're going to find in between 6K and 6.5K. You've got guys like DJ Moore, who, along with CMC, is, you know, the sole Panther that's consistently overcoming how much of a trash bag Kyle Allen is. We've got DJ Chark, who is shown to be, you know, an elite deep threat, and his, you know, he's even better with Foles out there. We've got Jamison Crowder, who has a 26.2% target share in this Jets offense facing the Raiders, which is a pass funnel. It's like, you know, I think a lot of these guys are really high upside, high floor plays. Uh, you know, do any of those names stand out to you guys? I mean, I like I like a lot of those guys personally. I like DJ Moore a lot. Um, I think Jarvis Landry is in play. I mean, he's priced up a little bit to 6.3. But you got the revenge narrative with mm-hmm. them uh, playing Miami. And he's he's had a solid floor this week. Or not this week, this season. So I don't I don't mind Landry. I think he's one of my favorite plays in that uh in that range. How about you, Jared? Mid six K range. Uh I mean it's kinda gross. Metcalf. Like this is I I don't I never really play anyone strange, like ever. Yeah, um, I mean, GPP, don't. GPP, I mean, Calvin Ridley to for leverage off Julio and then go Mike Evans. Um, Metcalf, like Crowder's been insanely hot lately. Um, guess you can go DJ Moore if Lattimore's still out. Which uh, uh, it looks like he will be. And, you know, DJ Moore, 11.25 targets per game over the last four. Definitely a, a strong play. Again, it's just really hard to embrace Kyle Allen on the road. Yeah. Um, yeah shout out to Kyle Allen. I mean, Chark is fine. Him and Foles have a thing going, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just gross. Landry's fine, I guess. For, and go with that. I don't know, it's just girls. I just don't like going in this range. I feel that. And, you know, just below this range, I think Tyrell Williams is a good stack with Derek Carr. Obviously not in, in play for cash because the floor is just so low. But, um, you know, he's he's like probably going to be a one percenter against this Jets defense, which has, you know, succumbed to multiple, you know, GPP winning wide receivers this season. But, you know, in cash games, if we're paying up for a lot of these guys, we're going to need to find some 5K or less 
wide receivers. So what are the cash options here? Uh, just above 5K, I want to shout out Devontae Parker, who I think is going to be uh, you know, one of the best plays on the slate at 5.2K. He's had 10 targets in three out of his last five games, averaging 15.9 points over that span. And, you know, mo- you know, most impressively, he won that battle against Tredavious White last week, you know, one of the top shutdown corners in the league. You know, Parker put it on him, you know, seven for 135, 23.5 DK points. You know, he's, you know, Fitzmagic's go-to. He's got 23 more targets than the next closest Dolphins pass catcher from Fitzpatrick. So 5.2K, definitely in play is Devontae Parker, I think. I agree. I like Devontae Parker a lot. He's just been so consistent. Yeah. Um, it took a while. He's probably, yeah, for sure, dude. They're about ready to give up on him. Um, actually, they did give up on him, but like somehow he still played. They yeah. don't like him. I still think he's gonna leave after this season. Uh, uh, dude, maybe it's uh, maybe we're just underrating just how much of a fool Adam Gase was. I think that's definitely in play. I don't think that's possible because we all think he's a fucking dumbass. <laughs> Fair. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I love Parker. He's doing my cash bill right now. Um, Other guys in this range you can go with are like Samuel, I guess. Like I said, if Lattimore's still out, because then PJ's going to have to move outside, and then Mine you're just going to get another another bum in the slot. Um, I really want to cap for... I just, you know, I really just want to, you know, just talk up Tyler Boyd every week, but, like, you know, it's hard. It's kind of hard after what he just did to me last week. Yeah. Like, he literally uh, we give this ripped out my heart, lit, lit it on fire, stomped on it, shot me in the head. I mean, Ryan Fidley-led Bengals might be the worst offense in the NFL. But what can go wrong? Like. Finley, like, you know? Yeah, just a wide receiver on one of the worst offenses in the NFL, one of the worst teams in the NFL, with one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Bro, we were just talking about Devontae one of the Parker. Best defenses. Yo, at least Ryan Fitzpatrick at least Fitz... is in a way different class, I think. Yeah, at least Fitzpatrick is, you know, kind of aggressive and actually, yeah. you know, tries uh, to win the game, whereas the Bengals literally just don't care about anything. They just want to get the game over with um, as soon as possible. And we give this dude, Tyler Boyd, way too much airtime on this podcast. Obviously, I've been the only sane one to never play this dude this entire season. He's had two good weeks the entire year. He won me a lot of money. Absolute trash. Um, Fuck Tyler Boyd. Wow. All wow. right. Well, we're, wow. we're putting it all out there. Um, you know, how about wow. for a, th- uh, a thousand more? Would you or a thousand or two hundred? I'm sorry, I can't speak. For Excuse either a hundred or two hundred more, would you be interested in either of the Steelers wide receivers with Juju uh, slated to miss this game? We got James Washington five K, and we have Deontay Johnson for five point one K. Uh, you know, Johnson is still in the concussion protocol, but he's practiced full two straight days, so I think. That'll likely get cleared up by game time. Um, so I mean, are either of those guys in play should have high Whoever volume. plays in the slot. Whoever plays no. in the slot. This uh, dude, I don't since Cincinnati is good on the outside. Like I said that last week. 
like Tyrell got a couple long catches. Like he still didn't do shit. Right. And like I said, play Renfro. And Renfro was a way better play than Tyrell. Loki Renfro is in play again this week. Uh, one of the yeah, few wide is. receivers under 5K I think we can look at. Yeah. So whoever plays in a slap for Pitt, I, off the top of my head, I really don't know who it is. Honestly, it might be Vance McDonald might be a good amount in the slot if I had to, if I had to guess. I'm not really sure, honestly. I mean, either way, slot, you know, whatever they give up to slot receivers, outside receivers, it doesn't matter. It does Mason matter. Mason Rudolph is the quarterback for the Steelers. No Steelers receivers are in play for cash games. We're not going to play any of these scrubs. So there's no point to talk about them. They're so trash. Deontay Johnson, he's all right. James Washington is not good. He's a jump ball wide receiver. Um, Watch your mouth. He might be as bad as Tyler Boyd. Okay. He's probably. We're worse. talking about two of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. This dude, Mason Rudolph, just got a helmet to the dome. And you expect <laughs> him to come out and be good? This dude's going to be fearing for his life every time he steps on a football field now. Why are you just so yeah. disrespectful to Tyler Boyd, bro? He's not good. <laughs> Tyler Boyd, we get we talk about him way too much. I'm taking a stand. I don't okay? understand. Nah, it took me see, 12 weeks, but I'm taking a stand on this absolute scrub. You know? Nah, see, honestly, I think you're just a fucking hater. That might be that might be what it is. Both things yeah, could be I'm true. A, he might be. I'm a hater of somebody who can't score over 12 points, and he's consistently priced up as a receiver who's going to score more than 12. Well, he scored 12.2, that's over 12. 12.8, that's over 12. 31, that's over 12. 12.8, that's over 12. 25, that's over 12. 14, that's over 12. So he scored over 12 more times than not. No, let's not include the decimals. <laughs> Why? Uh, all right. Enough. Is, it, is this, Enough. Is this, this a whole number is game? This for Tyler Boyd. Is this a whole He's number so game, bad. or do we do we play down to the decimals? So I believe bad. we do. No, you're just being a bitch right now. That's your problem. Yeah, because I don't make bad plays. Imagine playing Tyler Boyd in 2019. But either way, uh, we got Alshon Jeffrey at 4,900. <laughs> we got Alshon Jeffrey at 4,900. Um, I think he's in play if oh, uh, he if he ends up, you know, playing in this game. He's he he was limited. Oh my God, did Watson just fumble? He was limited today in practice. Um, I think I think he's I think he'll be one of the best plays if he ends up suiting up. Yeah, especially with Nelson Aguilar, like we briefly touched on. You know, uh, shout out to the burner account. He's definitely uh, in the doghouse. He was already battling a supposed knee injury. So yeah, if Alshon Jeffrey is back, uh, that's that's definitely a good play. Hunter Renfro, I think, is a good you know floor play. Although I don't really know what the ceiling is there, which you know uh, might be the type of play points. we just have to make here. Is there anybody else? Because I feel like pretty much touched on everybody that's viable. We totally skipped over guys like. You know, Michael Thomas, but, you know, what can really be said? He's not in play for cash just because he's 9,300 and, you know, we can't go there. But, obviously, uh, an awesome GPP play. You know, guys like Chris Godwin uh, is a good p pivot off Mike Evans, but Evans is a better cash play. And, you know, other than that, we I don't think there's really much we need to talk about. I mean, none of us are going to make the uh, mistake of playing Taylor Gabriel, right? I know that that's a popular talking point this week. No, I'd rather play Josh Gordon if I'm going to play at 4,200 wide receiver um i think 
I think Dorsett's in play. If he plays for 4,100, he'll be the wide receiver too. And the Patriots will have to throw the ball. Uh, Patriots are getting Isaiah Wynn back out left tackle, so that will make, honestly, a huge difference for the pa- for the pass protection um, to get that scrub Marshall Newhouse out of left tackle. Uh, so I, I think Dorsett is in play. God, This dude just said I'd rather play Josh Gordon. Talk about Taylor the, Gabriel? Talk about the biggest dick rider of a person. You literally have been dick riding Josh Gordon for how long now? I want to talk about He's Tyler a good wide Boyd. receiver. He's better than Tyler Boyd. Let's get that out there. When, when is the last time Josh Gordon did anything? Yeah, he's, he scored some points this year. But either way, Josh Gordon, in oh, my opinion, my God. is a better play than Taylor Gabriel this week. So I wouldn't mind playing him, but I probably won't go there. Totally agree with that. Uh, well, not all of it. Like, I would definitely never play Josh Gordon. But, um, yeah, that's about all I've got there. You know, Allen Robinson, totally decent for GPP, 6,500. But, again, like, can you play somebody attached to Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniels, even in a great matchup against the Giants? I don't think so. But let's move on to tight end. We're starting to run pretty long here. Um, you know, in terms of, like, great tight end plays, there's really only one, I think, and it's Zach Ertz. You know, he's finally being utilized in a way that reflects his talent. 11 targets in back-to-back games, 98.5 yards uh, average over those two games. And, you know, he comes into a game that has, you know, legitimate shootout potential, I think, between, you know, the Seahawks and Philly. I mean, maybe uh, it doesn't necessarily shoot out, but I think it could at least happen. And, you know, for 6K, it's just kind of out of play in cash. That's the thing that makes it tough. You know, he's risen from 4,700 three weeks ago to 6K now. And again, we're going to be forced to look, you know, in this low range of tight ends. Um, so, you know, what's standing out to you guys for for cash game tight ends this week? I think tight end is a place to save salary on a weekly basis. I mean, I've been paying down each week at tight end. So I think uh, my favorite play is Vance McDonald. I know I talked about him a little bit um, at the wide receiver section, but He's seen seven targets in each of the last three games. Mm-hmm. Only 3,500 going up against one of the worst defenses against tight ends. So I think I'm pretty set in stone um, on playing Vance McDonald this week. And, yeah, you know, like I just said, he's, he saves salary for you on a slate where you need uh, to pay down for somebody. I think he is one of the best options. Yeah, he definitely could see a, a bump in targets, you know, reflective of Juju missing this game and, and you know, James Conner being out could, you know, result in a slight boost in, in his red zone looks. But the thing I think with tight end is that there's very little that separates, you know, all of these guys. You know, I, I'm almost looking at it the same way I look at defense where it's like whatever fits, you know, like if I have 3,500 left, I'll play McDonald. If I have 3,400 left, I'm not going to sweat, you know, putting Gasicki in there, you know. Like uh, the same way McDonald's had seven targets in the last three, Gazicki's had six targets in the last three every single game. Been three weeks since he had that 95-yard game that we thought was going to be followed by a breakout. It didn't happen, but, you know, he's second on the team in targets from Fitz behind Parker. So, you know, for 3.4K, I've definitely made thinner plays at tight end. So I'd be willing to play Gasicki. Um, you know, Dallas Goddard has three touchdowns in his last four games, uh, you know, for all the same reasons we like. Ertz, I think that applies to Goddard as well. And again, you know, no Nelson Aguilar could be a bump. I mean, 
you know, Hollister, Griffin, Greg Olson, like all these guys are, you know, they're just about the same to me. So it's like, really, where does the salary uh, leave you and, and then, you know, make yeah. that play? Yeah, I mean, tight end is just consistently a spot that you want to pay down at um, just because all these dudes are really similar um, in their range of outcomes. So I think the right process is just to find a cheap tight end that fill, that fits your specific build. Agreed, agreed. None of these guys I think are going to be a priority. Um, I do want to say Noah Fant, you know, is trending in the right direction, but this isn't the matchup for him. And, you know, the last note is, you know, Cameron Bright, like, look, dude had 14 targets last week and 10 receptions. You know, I think it's pretty safe to say that's an aberration. I mean, if we were to project something similar this week at 3,600, he would be like a god play at tight end, but... <laughs> You know, despite whether or not O.J. Howard is a complete scrub, like it seems to be, and I know that he got benched for, uh, you know, just making a boneheaded mistake last week by Bruce Arians. You know, Arians is definitely, you know, a spiteful coach who will bench you if you piss him off. So, you know, maybe we see Cam Brayton that same way, and it's a, it's a game with a lot of shootout potential, as we've talked about it, just about every position. So I don't hate Cam Brayton, but again, it's just like I'm not going to prioritize playing him over mcdonald or or any of these guys yeah i think mcdonald is just the safest uh tight end that you could play for less than you know four thousand on this slate um i think he's just gonna see his six to eight targets and you know if he does something with it then great obviously there's a good chance that he might not do anything because you know he's kind of a scrub but you know the volume is there and it's at a position where, you know, that's what we're looking for, and he's cheap. Closing thoughts on tight end, Jared? Uh, I mean, did did we get our hype out for no band yet, or no? Uh, I said that he's trending in the right direction, but it's not the matchup, so if you want to shout him out, now's your chance. I mean, I think this, this first next to... <laughs> Uh, the opponent rank is a like. If I knew the word Ben, you're you're facade. good. Yeah, facade. You That's go. what I was looking for. Um, let's let's together as a as a group. Let's run through all the tight ends Buffalo has faced, starting with Week One. Week One, they played the Jets, so that looks like uh, Griffin. <laughs> yeah, trash. Um, week two, they held Ingram to like 10 points, which at this price point for Fant, perfectly fine. That's, that's two and a half X. Um, week three, we had Tyler Eifert's trash ass. Week four, tight end for New England was who? They don't use a tight end anyway, so it doesn't. Um, Tennessee is when, I don't think they had Delaney Walker, so Janu. It's not really, you know. Uh, week seven, like Gasicki isn't really doesn't really do anything. Week eight was that windy game in Buffalo, so like they shut down Zach Ertz, but that was like they were leaning heavily on Alshon, and the defense uh, of the Eagles played well and they scored a touchdown, I believe. So I don't really, I mean, I guess they did well versus Ertz, but like once just leaned on Alshon, um, against Washington. And then against Cleveland, and then against Miami again. So they've played two good tight ends. 
or two teams that actually use a tight end, I should say. So I'm I'm fine with playing. I I like um whatever his name is, you know? <laughs> Noah Fant. <laughs> I like Noah Fant. His targets are going up. Uh ever since KC, I mean too. Yeah, five five, eight, four, and then he had ten targets last week. Um one that he should have caught the game-winning touchdown, but he couldn't get turned around, and he tried to push off and draw pass interference and all that stupid shit. If he just played the ball, he would have caught that for a touchdown. Um, I like Noah Fant, and I like Vance McDonald, like Joey said. Um, Greg Olson's fine. I'm not playing Griffin. The payup option is Zach Ertz, obviously. Darren Waller's fine if you want to go there, but I'd rather just Zach Ertz. Uh, Goddard's fine. Yeah. If Jameis fell in love with Cameron Braid again, I like Cameron Braid a lot at 3.6. Um, Kasicki's cool. I guess if you want to punt, you can go with, like... Some people are uh, saying Watson, but no. I'm good on that. Yeah, nah. I mean, you can go with, uh... I'm, I'm trying to find his price. Dawson Knox has been playing pretty well. Even if the stats aren't showing for it, he's been playing well. It's a late, I can't even find him on here. He's 3K, but... Okay, again, yeah, he's he's it. he's fine. But I probably still wouldn't go there. But he's been playing well of late. He's been getting targets, high-volume targets. So he's fine. Um... That's really it, I guess. I mean, it's really between if you want to pay up, go to Zach Ertz. If not, I'm playing Noah Fant or um, Vance McDonald. It's only, it's between three for me, to be honest, to condense all that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, let's move on to defense here where, again, you know, it's a week where there's not really much on the low end of the spectrum. I mean, you could punt with – the Bengals at 2100 at home but I mean they're just god awful but you know Mason Rudolph like Joey said took a took a nice helmet to the dome so he might not be seeing the field straight Dolphins if you want to get a little leverage off you know everybody just assuming that you know the Browns are going to suddenly start clicking for the first time all season and just smash you know maybe get a little leverage and that you know regard for 2k but other than that I think the legit good plays are you know guys like uh you know maybe the Bears against a really turnover prone Giants offense uh the Saints 3300 has one of the biggest mismatches in terms of their line versus Carolina's line and Kyle Allen is also a turnover machine so I think Saints are my favorite play at 3.3k and then you know if you really want to find uh, whatever else fits in your lineup I'm good with that as well my favorite play is if I'm paying up is like Browns. Browns for three point eight, um, second highest. Was the Steelers? I mean, the Steelers have been just really good. Yep. Um, fantasy wise, although I don't think they're that that crazy good of a defense, but I still like the Broncos at two point four. Um. I mean, Carson once hasn't been good, so Seahawks like they're fine. Um, the Jaguars could give Tannehill some fits, so two point eight, they're fine. There's Giants, a lot of Giants fine... two point nine against whoever the Bears shot out at quarterback. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, Lions against 
Haskins. You never know. You never know what could happen. It's a like defensive touchdown is very possible. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What do you think, um, uh, Joey, about all these plays here at defense? I mean, I think paying down is the way to go this week. Um, you know, I hate to say it again, but we just need to save salary somewhere, and not defense is the position of the most variance. So <clears throat> definitely not going to be. Pro- definitely not going to spend up over 3K. So I think the defenses in play for me personally are the Bengals or the Broncos. Damn. All right. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend much more time on it uh, in terms of defense here. So let's move on to a couple of 1% plays, a couple of guys you would play. Large field GPPs if you're looking to gain massive leverage uh, you know, on the field here. Joey, do you want to kick us off with a nice 1% play uh, for GPPs? Oh, a one percenter, huh? Yeah. All right, I got you. Um, <clears throat> Bo Scarborough. <laughs> Bo Scarborough, forty-two hundred on the road against the Washington Redskins. He saw fourteen carries last week. Um, was kind of productive. You know, averaged a little under four yards per carry. But I think, I think he showed something, and I think. The Lions might be willing to feed him this week. And, you know, if he gets the goal line work against this terrible Redskins defense, I think I think he has a solid shot to hit, you know, like 15 to 20 points. And that's smashing at 4.2K. So, solid one percenter. Obviously, just a large field tournament play. Um, but, yeah. All right, that's... Uh... You know, not something I would do, but, you know, okay, it's fair enough. Obviously, he wouldn't be 1%er if he was a smash play. How about you, Jared? What do you got as a 1%er for the week? Um, I mean, kind of double down from last week and go Brown. Who was it? John Brown. Johnny Brown. Is he is he really going to be low-owned like that? I mean, I guess it makes <laughs> sense in this spot. 6.7K. I mean, he's projected one7 yeah, I mean, for sure then. <laughs> He's got or the ceiling Lata- for it. Yeah, or Latavius, if the Saints yes. get up. Yes, I like that. That could definitely happen. And, you know, we know Carolina gives up the most touchdowns to running back Latavius. Definitely in a price range where he won't get, you know, played at all, really. <clears throat> what about you, Benji? Um, well, I mean, the ownership projection I'm looking at right now has Alshon at 2%. And, uh, you know... That seems a little bit nuts to me. I think that would change if Aguilar were to be like fully ruled out. But I mean, I would go Alshon, and you know, alternatively, I'm seeing James White on this list at under three percent owned. And I mean, for all the reasons we talked about, you know, Brady just crumbling under pressure and feeling the need to dump it off at any opportunity against a team that just generates pressure at the highest rate in the league. Give me James White as a nice leverage play. You know, he finds the end zone. We know what his, you know, standard receiving, uh, you know, usage is going to be. I think that he could definitely uh, put up a lot of points for his salary there and uh, be definitely leverage. Um, yeah, two other long guys I see is but not player. Oh, dude. At 2%. I also got to shout out my boy, Robbie Anderson, who I've been waiting to have yeah, him for yeah, like yeah, a yeah. month straight, dude. He's been in a great matchup 
every single week it seems like i mean the jets have just been you know facing terrible teams terrible secondaries week after week you know you look at the last three miami the giants and washington still hasn't put it together i thought he was on the way when i saw him get a touchdown last week no that was his only catch and it was six yards it wasn't like a 90 yard bomb like we need to see from a guy like robbie but hey oakland secondary it could always happen and you know i think people are fully off of him after he's continued to disappoint so shout out to robbie at 4.8 k Maybe this is the week. I know Joey needs that for his, like, 40-team parlay or whatever the hell he's doing over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no no on Robbie and But, I mean, that's what we're all trying to do. Right. No. That's fair. But. Best bets. Yeah. Best bet. Sports bet of the week. Give me, uh, give me your play, guys. I mean, you know, I. We talked about it before, but I bet on them. The Lions, minus three and a half. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really solid play. I know we touched on Driscoll a little bit, but he has been, no, he's been solid in the absence of Matt Stafford. And I think the talent discrepancy between the Lions and the Redskins is just astronomical. And I think oh uh, three and a half is... in English class right now? It, three and a half is just... That's just a mistake. I mean, it started the. It opened at uh, minus one and a half for the Lions, and it uh, went down to two points mm-hmm. by today. So, I mean, I got the bet in on Thursday. By the time it closes on Sunday at one o'clock, I'm assuming it'll be around five or six. So, if you can get it in, you know, get it in ASAP. But it's one of my favorite bets on the week. Or get it in ASAP. I got that tatted on my neck. Um, how about how about you, Jared? I like the under in the Bills game. What is that currently at as of right? 36 and a half, 36 and, and I, a half, I still yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, I can't disagree. I mean, that that game could be like 10 to 9, like realistically. Yeah. Um, you know, I like two uh, – I mean, I like two bets quite a bit. I guess I can't really decide. I like the Dolphins plus 11. Um, you know, like I said, I really don't just expect Cleveland to come in and wash anybody due to their poor coaching. You know, as bad as Miami is, I think they have a coaching advantage in this spot. And, uh, you know, the Browns shouldn't be favored by 11 points against anybody. Um, that's my opinion. And I also think that the Saints, uh, I, I guess maybe not so much. I mean, minus 10 seems like a lot, but against Kyle Allen at home, they should definitely be able to cover that. I, I was looking at the minus eight and a half that it opened up. It's it's already getting bet more and more in the Saints' favor. So uh, I guess I, if I'm going to pick one best bet, it would be the Dolphins plus 11. But um, I think the Saints is a pretty good bet too to smash the Panthers. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that. Also, take the Packers' money line. Ooh, that is, that is bold. Uh, is that game in Green Bay? No, nah, it's in San Fran. Still, could. unfortunately, no, that'll be a really good game. Nah, uh, Niners are gonna night? sign. Niners are gonna sign Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick for this game. Gonna, oh. Yeah, he's gonna run for seven hundred yards. He, nah, the the Niner that that's a close game. I like the Packers plus three. I don't know about the money line though. Yeah, nah, that plus three win. could go a long way. But fair enough, fair enough. All right, guys, you know I think that. That was a pretty good episode here of the DFS Dose podcast. Joey touched on it. You know, if you want to support, follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. Subscribe on YouTube. We come out every Friday morning. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, shout out 
to the listeners out there. So um, we are going to uh, be back next Friday, as we always are, to break down the work uh, the week 13 slate. Hope you guys have a good week, and uh, don't forget to follow our individual Twitters as well. You can follow me at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyCarrion underscore. You can find me at Jared underscore underscore. All right, boys. Uh, you know, good luck to all the listeners out there. And, uh, yeah, let's have a great week. Sail to the money.